the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the go. You all they can't see a fame just know where to go It's the creature It's the creature It's the creatures from the supernatural And this is the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, and I am Squirrel. And I am Cat. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Heather's confused. Heather's confused. <laughs> I was supposed to be, I would say I'm Squirrel, you should say you're Moose. No, but Heather's Moose. Heather oh, Heather's is moose. actually <laughs> dressed up as Sam Winchester today. It's wonderful. Yeah, I guess so. Yes, definitely. But I was also going to ask which one of us is the bitch and which one was the jerk. I don't know. <laughs> This episode is Phantom Travelers, which is the first demonic possession exorcism kind of episode of yes. the show. It's the first time exorcisms are mentioned. Correct. And demons and sulfur. Yes. And the suits. A lot of firsts. And Kat has our episode description for us from IMDb. Yes, I do. Sam and Dean are called in to investigate when a plane crashes under mysterious circumstances, leading them to the conclusion that a demon is possessing people and causing them to crash the plane they are on. Dun dun dun! Who directed the episode? This episode was directed by Robert Singer. Ooh, who of course is the name of Bobby Singer. Yep. Which is made fun of in season six in the <laughs> in the very meta episode. <laughs> I want to do that if I'm a director one day. I want to like make one of the characters my name. Like, so you would be like uh, where most people call you Cat. You would be fully Katrina. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. No, it would have to be Katriana Ham. No, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that is an awful nickname. She got an award one day for cross country and the person announcing everything mispronounced it horribly and so now she will always be Katriana Ham and she'll never First escape time it. I get an award and they have to misspell my name. And you'll throw cats in the episode that you're directing too, right? Oh, obviously. No, oh, obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your cats. My cats, yeah. I love all the uh, I love when people put in like subtle little references to things, uh, to uh, things that are connected to the subject matter they're talking about. In the recent issue of Batman, uh, they go to a Batman burger place, and one of the uh, the employee in front of them's uh, name tag says Mark, which is an homage to Mark Campbell, aka the voice of the Joker from the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a ton of information out there about uh, exorcisms, and in fact, I actually got to meet. A, a priest uh, the other day, I was giving him a ride uh, through the part-time job that I have uh, to the airport, and he told me that when he was in college, that his um, the guy that he was r- renting a room from to go to priest school, whatever it's called, was an actual <laughs> exorcist. Wow. Yeah, he said he's performed one his entire life. This guy, he said, like, how old was he? He says he was 60, and he's performed one exorcism his entire life. Um, but he said 99.9% of the time, exorcisms are crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or people, sorry, people who call, who need an exorcism done to, to, done to them or their family member, they they actually need a psychiatrist, <laughs> and they need mental, like, mental health therapy. That Samir explains Heather. a lot about my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone not aware, uh, exorcisms were performed on everything from people with autism to uh, not understanding what, uh, you know, uh, PTSD was or um, uh, what's the thing after birth women have sometimes? 
Baby blues. Um, the postpartum. Nickname, yeah. Dis- postpartum depression as well. Yeah. People would call exorcisms for because they didn't understand women's mood swings and the biological changes going on in their bodies. Just any number of things to do with mental health, you would call a priest for, and unfortunately, people were killed because of it. But nowadays, so, yeah. we are a little bit more open-minded with mental health problems and not calling on a goddamn priest <laughs> or rabbi to perform said things. It's not depression. It's demons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all pun intended when I said goddamn. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> Heather sighs. What, what's the sigh? <laughs> Just in general. Oh. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of God and his name, in the yeah. episode, Sam and Dean have to come up with the name of God in order to say it to the demon, right? Yes. And I didn't know that the name, what was the name used? Christo. Christo. Yeah. Okay, so where does that come from? And and also, where does Jehovah come from, which is from the Hebrew Bible, yeah. correct? The name of God. Yes. And Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. So the name of God, as it refers to the Christian God, um, Christo is from the Latin word for Christ, and so that's really like Jesus's name. But if you're referring to God, there was an acronym that the Hebrews used, YHWH, and that was uh, interpreted two different ways. It was either Yahweh or Jehovah. But since it was Jewish tradition not to say either because it was God's name, they'd use Adonai instead, which meant our Lord. Yahweh sounds like a form of anime. being in a christian school for most of my life we've talked about demonic possession in classes before not really really exorcism (laughs) like did you have a class on demonic possession no it was just like one class one day we just were talking about demons and how to avoid getting possessed (laughs) was this in your high school years yes okay were you already a fan of supernatural not yet. We, well, Not, was I? I? I think we were starting, but this was starting. 10th grade. This was 10th grade Bible class. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I was going to say, were you jumping up and down your seat being like, oh, oh, I know what Sam and Dean would do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, what? They were just all your classmates just like, you shut up, crazy cat lady. <laughs> but, yeah, what happens in the episode, they say the word Christo as a way to sort of harm the demon. It doesn't really work in the episode, so they don't ever use it in Supernatural again. But in the Bible, there are many different verses where um, a disciple or Jesus himself uses the word of God to form an exorcism on demons. Uh, Let me see. So there's a couple of, there's a lot of verses. Like, for example, Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, which are demons, to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now, are demons actually... Now, I haven't read the Bible in a really long time. (laughs) And uh, I will admit I read most of the Bible when I used to go to Sunday school. Uh, The adult Sunday school, like young adult Sunday school, we would break the Bible down per, like, chapter in our Bible young uh, youth minister would give us like the abridged cliff notes cool you know at the time 90s version of the bible which was a lot of fun so he'd related to like stuff in like cinema tv which was so awesome to learn about the bible in a way that we would actually care about and not just be drowned on and bored with like our our grandparents would try and read to us and is, is the word demons ever actually mentioned in the bible occasionally right there were a couple there were a couple different Hebrew and later Greek words that were used for them, but none of them directly translate to demon. It's more sort of the idea of unclean spirits in general. It's unknown if these spirits are the spirits of dead people or just malicious 
forces against God, but it's, there's nothing really that translates to the idea of a demon that we have today. Oh, well, right here, I just found a verse, Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, okay. and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. And what was the word? The Doesn't word of God? Say. I'm assuming the word of God. I, I, Yeah, I assume the word of God, or just Jesus speaking heals all. <laughs> Being the son of God, that that would do it. Um, you know, there's, again... Uh, I don't think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but uh, there's one character who has not shown up on Supernatural, and I'm wondering if they just don't know how to do it, even though they did Chuck as God, they've not had Jesus. Yeah. And they've had Sam talk to Jesus, like, like you know, like in his, like, desperation to get advice or whatever, he's mentioned Jesus several times. Uh, Castiel has never mentioned Jesus. Yeah, you would think that in the show that they'd mentioned Jesus, since and, it's I such a big part of religion. There's a lot of weird urban legends about that, like, that there's a reason that a lot of people are really uncomfortable with having a person play Jesus. Apparently, there's a rumor, I don't know how true this is, but there's a rumor that when they were filming Passion of the Christ, the guy that played Jesus got struck by lightning twice. Jim Caviezel? Maybe. I haven't watched that movie in that's, years. That's the guy who played Jesus yeah, in Mel, okay, yeah. Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ, <laughs> which, by the way, was the highest grossing R-rated movie up until last year's Ryan Reynolds comic book comedy Deadpool dethroned wow. it. Yes. There's something sacrilegious about that. It's a little <laughs> Deadpool bit. Deadpool beats Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Deadpool doing that, taking a giant cross and just thumping Jesus in the back of the head with it. <laughs> and considering his wife is a succubus, that makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Roman ritual here, by the way, on how to perform an exorcism. It is long as hell. It is filled with, like, everything you need to do and, like, the stories of exorcisms. Uh, when I downloaded this, I didn't realize how insanely long it was. <laughs> um, but uh, you can look it up under EWTN.com, Library Prayer Roman 2, and you can get an actual Roman exorcism to perform one yourself. Oh, boy. Yes. So, you know, we just need to go find somebody we think is crazy, but might actually be possessed. And Finally, Heather. Heather, you can be freed. <laughs> <laughs> Heather sighs again. Yes. I didn't bring my... Ho- I, oh, well, that should have been the perfect time to bring my uh, holy kit with me. If you go on to the Radio Horror Instagram page, you can see my holy kit that I uh, purchased at a uh, yard sale. Uh, sorry, at a convention. Um, and <laughs> as well as the box set that I got for when the movie the Paranormal Activity, the marked ones came out, they sent out actual exorcism kits with like holy wo- water, holy oil one of those Roman candles with the lady you know, Mary, the, the, I think the Virgin Mary on it, one of those little medallion things, and then a little piece of paper on how to perform an exorcism including a ball that's supposed to, like a squishy ball for stress, but it's supposed to be like an egg that you crack in, and then you pour the holy oil on top of it, and then you light on fire, and then you can perform the exorcism yeah. Which never happens in the marked ones. <laughs> as terrible as a movie those paranormal activity films are. Every single movie I watch just like that, paranormal activity, things, you know, that nature. Um, that Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie where he buys his daughter the Dibbix box. I keep saying, you know what would happen if Sam and Dean were in this or whatever? They would fix this in 40 minutes. <laughs> I saw the movie The Rings, the new ring movie about, you know, the creepy little girl comes out of the TV. Yeah. Sam and Dean would fix that in no time. <laughs> I actually just watched the original one last night. The Ring with Naomi Watts? Yeah. Or Ringu, the Japanese one? The um, one with Naomi Watts. Yeah. Does it still creep you out? Not really. No, but you have to admit, like, when she goes on her little detective journey in that movie, it's very much like 
a Sam and Dean kind of moment where they're trying to gather the facts. And I think that's yeah. the creepiest part of the movie, especially when she meets Samara. That's the girl's name, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Her father, played by uh, Brian Cox. Yeah. I think that was like that. That whole like her whole journey to find the answers is like I think the most beautifully shot part of that movie up to the horse gets killed. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the video itself is really creepy. Yeah. Fun fact, when I was really little, I used to have, like, a white nightgown and, like, hair, like, down to my ankles that was really dark. And one night, the night after my parents had watched The Ring, I went up to their bed to ask for a glass of water, and I looked like that, and my dad screamed and fell out of bed. (laughs) Never watched it since. (laughs) That should have been something you have a video camera with you, just because you know exactly what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, yeah, I was, like, six, so I definitely had, like, and I already had kind of the creepy little girl vibe and now it's just changed to the creepy teenager vibe <laughs> don't put this on your okay cupid profile in a few years <laughs> a romantic laughing <laughs> okay so uh getting back on topic yes <laughs> <laughs> i have one more verse from the bible this is probably the most well-known demonic possession um situation from the bible it's where is this the one with the pigs no, actually, not that one. This oh. is a different one. Um, it's where Jesus, there's a, he's in a synagogue, and there's a man who's possessed there, and the man's, like, talking to Jesus. So I have this right here. Um, Mark 1, 23 through 26. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. Mm. Oh, fun fact. The Hebrew... Yeah, I know. I'm just full of fun facts. (laughs) I'm such a fun person. You should Um, have like a little dinner bell that chimes, Heather's fun facts (laughs) of demonic possession and other spooky (laughs) things that go bump in the night. It'd either be a dinner bell or just like a stabbing sound or whatever. (laughs) The Hebrew version of Jesus, like what they would have actually called him and how he would have addressed his... addressed himself as Yeshua. Oh, I thought they would have addressed him as Carpenter, considering the Jews don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God. No, but like the Hebrew name, like that was the name that, for example, his mother would have called him, that his friends would have called him. Gotcha. They think of him as a good guy, but not necessarily a savior. Yeah. Correct. Um, And they only uh, believe in the first uh, part of the Bible, right? The the Old Testament? Yes. Okay. Um, ethnic religions, the use and uh, the use of protective means against the real or supposed molestation of evil spirits, naturally follows from the belief in their existence, and it has been always a feature of ethnic religions, savage and civilized. In this connection, only two of the religions of antiquity, the Egyptian and Babylonian, call for notice. But it is no easy task, even in the case of these two, to isolate what bears strictly on our subject from the mass of mere magic in which it is embedded. Uh, the Egyptians ascribed certain diseases and various various other evils to demons and believed the Ephesus Jesus Christ <laughs> Ephesy of magical charms incantations Efficacy. banished thank you uh, banished or dispelling them the dead more particularly needed to be well fortified with magic in order to be able to accomplish in safely their perilous journey to the underworld uh, but of exorcism in the strict sense, there is hardly any trace in the Egyptian records. And this website, newadvent.org, lists all of the different types of ex- exorcisms that, that there possibly could be, uh, which I think is really great and uh, a highly great source of uh, information if you want to find out about the different forms of exorcisms. Uh, Baptist 
baptismal exorcism. Um, so I guess that has to do with uh, the baptism religion. Maybe. I looked Being over it the, the rite of baptism, some people believe, is enough to exorcise any spirit that a baby might have. That's right. Or an adult, for that... an adult um, baptism. Now, I had heard this years ago, and I always use this as a joke whenever I've been to a baptism, that if the baby doesn't cry during the baptism, then the demon is still inside it because the first, uh, because you're cleansing the baby of all sins, and the first sin it commits is hurting its mother upon leaving the womb. And uh, the uh, the baptism is supposed to cleanse it completely. But if the baby doesn't cry when the holy water hits it, the demon is still inside it. I, I laughed cry. when I got baptized. <laughs> I just suddenly realized I, we, me, and my ex, me and my ex had never baptized our son. And I was just like, our son still isn't baptized yet? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like next time we're like playing together, I'll just be like... <laughs> because I'm a preordained minister on the internet. I can perform stuff. I can marry people if I wanted to. I can marry you two right now. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> I saw it on an episode of Friends. Joey got bapt- got got preordained on the internet so he could marry Monica and Chandler. And I was just like, can you actually do that? I looked up online. The Church of Life, they will give you an actual certificate. So it hangs on my wall right next to my, uh, my right next to a wooden cross, which is also a stake. You can become like the priest of many things on the internet. Just go on the internet. Like there was a kid at our school like two years ago who was a priest of he was the a church card- yeah. of the flying, flying spaghetti. <laughs> he was a cardinal. He was a cardinal of the church of the flying spaghetti monster. I think <laughs> I think they're called Pastafarians. Yes. Yeah. Which is just the greatest thing in the world. He was a priest. Of course he was one of the weirdest kids at our school yeah. too. And I mean so. the whole I mean, no, I know it's supposed to be like a joke religion to make fun of religions, but he was like into it. We're like, all about making seriously fun. believed in the flying spaghetti monster. Don't feel like you don't you can't make fun of things on this show. This is freedom of speech, Heather. This is what this is what makes America great again, our freedom of speech. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. I love how she said that Heather threw her nose up at that entire thing. Like there was like some type of like, yeah, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out that the music for this episode comes from Black Sabbath, which do you know what Black Sabbath means? No. Going to church girls? No. Well, Sabbath is Sunday and Black is the devil. Yes. Yeah, so Black Sabbath would be the Devil Sabbath. Oh. Yes. Okay. And of course we all know Black Sabbath being this like long standing fifty year old rock and roll band with their leader, the Prince of Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne, let who let's face it, with all the crap that Ozzy has done in his life, you knew he sold his soul to Crowley in order to have the longevity that he's had. Because we've lost so many great people like David Bowie and Prince, but Ozzy still lives into his <laughs> late sixties. <laughs> So it's it, it's I think it's uh, sometimes when they pick the music for the for the episode it definitely connects to the episode itself Black Sabbath demons exorcisms stuff like that mm-hmm. and Black Sabbath of course uh, just finished their uh, 50 year long history last night in England uh, with their final concert so well. salute off to Black Sabbath and their long overdue retirement after 50 freaking years. <laughs> Another thing I found um, is different types, the different types of um, exorcisms in different cultures. Yep. So already in the Christian religion, there's a difference between just regular, like, non-denominational Christians and Catholics. Mm-hmm. Catholics, in order to perform an exorcism, you need to be a priest or a bishop. Um, and in non-denominational Christianity or just in pretty much 
many types of Christianity besides Catholic, um, you can basically just be a member of the church. And as long as you're reciting the word of God, then you're an exorcist. <laughs> oh, okay. So me and Heather could be exorcists. All right. Um, in Islam, I also found out there is exorcism in Islam. I can't really pronounce this word. Heather, come here, my linguist friend. Okay. What is this word? Rukia is my best guess. R-U-Q-Y-A. Okay, that is the... Please forgive me if I completely botched that. <laughs> That's what exorcism is called in Islam. Is there any is there any truth to the rumor that this uh, that this actually does stop a um, a uh, possessed being and exercises them? Okay. It's the power of Christ that compels you. The power of Christ compels you. That the power of Christ compels you. 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 The little clip from the uh, 1970s classic horror movie, The Exorcist, The uh, Power of Christ Compels You. Is there any is there any truth that that actually will? There are some stories in my church, and I don't know. You guys don't go to the same church? No. 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 Okay. Um, did you guys go to church today? Being yes, Sunday yeah. and all? Yeah. I did. You did? Yes. Yes. <laughs> did you <laughs> pray for some... this podcast? Uh, no. No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't bring myself to face it in church. <laughs> um, but there are some stories in my church about um apparent well my church goes to um Haiti every year and there's there are a couple rumors and again I don't know how founded these are in actual fact that a girl had to be exercised because she was seeing things and doing weird things and like knowing things that no you know that no small Haitian girl who can't read minds would know. And apparently they did, like, you know, they did, like, the priest who was in charge, there was a Catholic priest in charge of that village, I guess, in Haiti, did th say things like the power of Christ compels you and there was holy water involved. And um, it was, it was like, she was, like, in, like, a bathtub of holy water. And apparently she was normal after that, but normal's kind of relative because she still complained about seeing things afterward, like, really big, tall, shadowy things. But a lot of people... A lot of people who claim they have that actually have sleep paralysis. I am one of them, and it's the most terrifying freaking thing ever because you wake up and you can't move and you see things. Mm. I suffer from, um, which I don't think they've done an episode of this on Supernatural. They might have, if I remember correctly. I'm not, again, 12 seasons of episodes. There's a documentary coming out about shadow people and about people who see shadow people. Mm -hmm. And like it's something out of like the corner of their eye, and they look again, and it's it's completely gone. And there have been so many documented cases about this. There's an actual documentary coming out about it. And I myself have once in a while thought I've seen somebody standing there, like a shadow person, and they're they're gone when I look again. They're not doing anything. They're just there. And they said it's like our way of either tuning into another plane of existence or we're just literally just seeing something out of the corner of our eyes and our eyes are playing tricks on us based mm -hmm. on, you know, like sleep deprivation or stress or whatever it's very welcome to night vale which by the way if you haven't listened to welcome to night vale please listen to it it's the greatest podcast in the world besides this one obviously but <laughs> now we can just hope if welcome to night vale goes you should listen to supernatural creatures and lore it's the greatest podcast ever and there are 1.2 billion followers come over to follow us too <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I have some lists of uh, actually recorded exorcism people who have been possessed before. These yes. are the nine real life cases of exorcisms and demonic possessions. One thing I'd like to point out is, of course, the the Warrens, uh, who are based out of downstairs in Connecticut, below us here where we record in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, uh, Lorraine Warren is still alive. Ed Warren passed away in 2006 uh, due to a heart attack, I believe. But uh, her whole Ghostbuster containment unit thing that we see in The Conjuring and Conjuring 2 and the upcoming Conjuring 3, which was just announced, um, is down there with the Annabelle doll and all that weird stuff. And Ed Warren was the only non-Catholic priest civilian to be um, given the title of an exorcist by the Catholic Church. Wow. Yeah. There's, I don't believe anyone else to this day still uh, that's a civilian um, is able to hold that uh, mantle. So uh, we need a John Constantine of our very own, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Annalise Meikel, uh, born in 1952, West Germany. Uh, Annalise uh, Mike, Mikkel, maybe I'm, is it Mikkel? How is it spelled? M-I-C-H-E-L. Here, I got it on my page. Oh, she's got it right there. Okay, why don't you give that to Heather, and then she can read off of one, and I'll read the other one, because some of these will be a little bit more... That's fine, too. All right. All right. All right. So born in 1952, West Germany, had a history of mental illness and suffering from epilepsy. In 1973, at the age of 20, her symptoms took a turn for the worst. She grew depressed, acted uh, aggressive, and she rejected religious... uh, Iconography, spoke iconography. Of, iconography, spoke of demonic visions and heard voices damning her to hell. Uh, her parents were convinced she was possessed. And enter Joseph Stengel. Joseph Stengel, I think. There you go. A Catholic bishop who authorized exorcism on the young woman. Nearly 70 rituals were performed between 1975 and 1976, ultimately leading to her death. Now, I, uh, an autopsy report... Uh, concluded that she died of malnutrition and dehydration. This story became The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which starred Jennifer Carpenter, uh, who played Dexter's Dexter's sister on the TV series Dexter. And that itself was a really good show. Um, uh, The priest in that was played by... um... Okay, all right. So, okay, so we're back. Um, Where were we? right back into it. So just to everyone's listening, we're not being possessed. We're actually in a recording studio in WCUW, downtown Worcester, Massachusetts, which is very old and is always in need of uh, different repairs. So if you hear any background noise, it just happens to be our um, station fixer upper handyman doing repairs on the studio, so I apologize for any of the weird noises that you're hearing we're not actually possessed yeah we thought it was creepy guy in the corner that only i can see but whatever (laughs) we thought it was demons but oh well okay so the next one we have the smurls poltergeist why don't you read a little bit about just a little bit about that uh heather and then uh oh it also also pertains to the uh the warrens see the smurl family case represents one of the most highly publicized and scrutinized exorcism cases to date in 1974, Jack and Janet Smurl say that a malevolent presence possessed their West Pittston, Pennsylvania home, emitting foul-smelling odors. It could just be that kid in the corner. It threw the family dog against the wall, pushed the Smurl children downstairs, and sexually and physically assaulted Jack. That's delightful. Mm-hmm. Their story caught the attention of paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, who deemed the house disturbed by a very powerful demon. While exorcisms were performed, none of them seemed to work. Janet claims the demon moved through the walls of their double-block home during such procedures. 
1986, after several holy blessings and prayers on, parts of, on the part of the Smurls, the forces finally subsided, although Janet was still alleging spirit encounters in 1987. Then we have Anna Eklund, uh, who became the uh, focus of the movie The Exorcism of Anna Eklund, which I did not watch, but I've been told it's really, really bad. Um, Father Carl Volg uh, penned the document, which centers on a devout Catholic from American Midwest named Anna Eklund, and his caretakers reportedly cursed uh, her in 1908 by slipping magical herbs into her food. When Anna was around 14 years old, she began showing signs of demonic possession. She would speak in tongues, strange guttural voices, and she'd levitate and cling to the walls of her bedroom, like <laughs> Spider-Man, <Same>. I guess. <laughs> uh, her first exorcism was performed in 1912, which brought, which brought relief, but only for a short time. She then became possessed again, this time by multiple demons. Uh, she was eventually cured in 1928 of her troubles. Um, then we have Robbie Manaheim, a.k.a. Roland Doe. Inspired The Exorcist. Which inspired The Exorcist, which we just went over. Uh, this was a 14-year-old boy, which then they changed to a 14-year-old girl played by um, Linda Blair, who does show up in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. In two episodes, in fact. I actually thought they were going to make more of a thing of her character, you know, because yeah. we needed, like, more female characters, but they, they didn't. But, uh, yeah, Linda Blair from the actual Exorcist movie does appear on the TV series Supernatural eventually. I think in the uh, uh, in a couple episodes, one of which she doesn't believe in Sam and Dean, and the second one she does, uh, but they don't really do anything with her later on. Uh, then we have Michael Taylor. Michael and Christian Taylor, a religious couple from the quiet English town of Osset, in 1974, Christine accused her husband of having an affair with the leader of a prayer group. <gasps> Scandalous. Um, the acquisitions engaged Michael, and he yelled obscenities and acted erratic. When his behavior intensified, uh, Angelican priest decided to purge the man of his demons. What is an Angelican priest? Anglican. Um, another word for Episcopal. Oh, okay. Uh, why don't you read uh, about David Berkowitz, Heather, the famous son of Sam? All right. Between 1976 and 1977, serial killer David, son of Sam Berkowitz, stalked the streets in New York City, claiming six victims and wounding seven more. His motivations were connected to a demonic force named Sam, which the killer first discussed in a taunting letter left at a crime scene. In the note, Berkowitz wrote that Papa Sam was a drunk who consumed human blood. This Sam kept Berkowitz locked in the attic and commanded him to go out and kill. It wasn't until the killer's capture in 1977 that Sam's true identity was revealed. The name actually referred to a neighbor's, Sam's, pet Labrador retriever, Harvey. <laughs> According to Berkowitz's original confession, the dog was possessed by an ancient demon that ordered him to kill. Not the pupper. Oh, no, that's right. It, he, he believed it was a dog. I always thought that was the weirdest part of the Son of Sam story. That was made into a movie as well, starring um, John Leguizamo uh, in 1998, or 1999, I believe. Um... The first uh, recorded exorcism, I actually believe, takes place in the 15th century, if you can believe that. And that is as far back as they believe the recordings of exorcisms go. Um, there are so many other cases that we just we will not have the time to touch upon in, involving exorcisms. Uh, there are phantom traveler stories as well that we will get to later on in other episodes of Supernatural. Uh, but we mainly wanted to focus on exorcisms for this episode of the Creatures of Lore podcast just because that is the first time Sam and Dean do happen to deal with an exorcism of a demon. Um, is there any lore out there that um, demons leave behind sulfur in reality versus the show? There are 
I've heard rumors, um, I've heard about cryptids leaving sulfur at the places at the places they kill someone or do whatever it is cryptids do on their days off. But there's actually a lot of lore about various creatures, usually evil, that leave behind sulfur because sulfur has sort because sulfur had a really bad connotation. You know, if it got into food, it was potentially poisonous and it smells terrible. And so people associated it with evil creatures because it wasn't something. It was something that only showed up under horrible circumstances. <laughs> I see. I see. All right, then. Well, we are going to perform an exorcism on Heather because All she right. so desperately needs one, I guess, according to Kat. Chris, uh, did you bring the holy water? I did. It's in the backseat of my car along with all my other weapons and stuff. So, all right, good. Uh, but if that doesn't work, I figured we could just tie Heather to the back of my car and just drag her through the streets or whatever and just get that demon right out of her because the body would be so destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So and All you have to do is put me in a crowded room and honestly, my soul and anything else in there will leave my body. In a crowded room. Okay, right. so she can't come to Terracon with us because that might be a really crowded uh, convention yeah. actually no Terracon won't be that that crowded and what am I talking about Terracon for oh yes by the way by the time this airs it will at least be two weeks before we go to Terracon Kat and I and Whoa. maybe Heather if she stops by <laughs> will be at least Kat and I will be at Terracon come meet us yes the sister convention of the Rhode Island Comic Con and Kat and I will also be talking with the owner of the 67 Chevy Impala that will be there. It's not Hooray. one of the ones from the show. It's one, obviously, a fan decided to custom build and then bring to conventions. I may uh, end up stealing it. Yes. Uh, so we will take pictures in the Impala. Uh, maybe we'll like bring some like prop guns with us, or maybe they'll have props. Sometimes they have props and stuff like that. And if you guys are going to this, come meet us, and you can get some free stuff. Yes, we will have Supernatural swag. I will have Ghostbuster swag left over from last year's pitiful Ghostbuster movie. I will have some awesome Doctor Strange swag from last year's awesome freaking Doctor Strange movie. Uh, speaking of demons and possession and magic. <laughs> uh, and a whole bunch of other swag. Um, you will have to follow us on Twitter at Supernatural Creatures and Lore, which is run by Cat, which will have more tweets out yes, it will. <laughs> through the month. Um, you can also join our group on Facebook. That is another way you can get some free swag. But also, please donate some money, a dollar or two, to the Boston Children's Hospital, uh, where all proceeds through the weekend raised will go to the suicide wing of the Boston Children's Hospital to help teenagers uh, with depression and things like that. Um, because mental health is not a joke. It is a serious uh, problem. And a friend of mine lost her brother last year due to um, uh, depression, and he killed himself. So we're going to be donating the money in his name to the Boston Children's Hospital, who also saved my son's life 10 years ago uh, due to kidney failure. So come on by to the Dunkin' Donuts Center at the end of the month. Go to Terracon.com or just Google Terracon to find out uh, when it's going to be. Buy tickets and meet all the cool celebrities and horror people that they're going to have there. And uh, say a few words into our live recording that we're going to do. Kat and I will be taking a bit of a Lovecraftian tour around uh, the town of Providence in the wee hours of the morning before we hit the con and then doing a, uh, a recording at the con. So hopefully you can come by and say a few words, uh, say your name, where you're from, what you loved about Terracon, and then we'll shoot you on your way. Who knows? I might even do a Terracon video. Yes, yes. Kat has a, uh, a couple channels. Why don't you give away the names of those channels? My YouTube channel is Cat Loves Cats. And you can follow me on Twitter at catlovescats15. What about that other one? The other one? Oh, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm on a... Hopefully nobody from that channel is now listening. <laughs> so I actually joined the collab channel recently on YouTube. It's called Billow Squad because that is our inside joke. And 
It's a lot of awesome people. We post videos every single day. I post on Fridays, so it would be awesome if you guys could, could go check that out and subscribe to us. Cool. <laughs> and we'd like to thank Jesso Lantern for providing our song with us, The Creatures from the Supernatural Lagoon, uh, which you heard at the very beginning of this episode. And you can find me at ChrisDSAV on Twitter. Uh, jo- again, join our group Supernatural Creatures and Lore on Facebook. And you can find me as well on my own YouTube channel, Radio of Horror, as well as Radio of Horror on Facebook. Thank you and good night, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. In the shadows, you can hear the sounds. The rumble of a hundred hounds. Cries of the banshee, a terror of the wind go. You all they can't see, they just know where to go. It's the creature. Whoa. It's the creature. Whoa. It's the creatures from the supernatural. Lagoon.